I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 86. So, okay. I listened to a new podcast. And it was only six episodes. But I listened to this thing in a day and a half. Damn. And, I mean... I have like a 20 minute commute. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you do listen to it on like 2.0. No, 1.5. <laughs> Why did I say it so slow? Everybody's <laughs> like, I need to listen to you on 1.5 now. <laughs> anyway, it's called The Thing About Pam. I keep wanting to call it What About Bob? What's up with Bob? Or You know what, <laughs> what I mean? What about so, Bob? Yeah. So I keep like fucking up the title because I'm like, what's up with Pam? What did Pam do? We know. Something Names. about Pam. What's it called? The Thing About Pam. Yes. Well, it's good. It's by Dateline. And apparently I've been on this Dateline kick of like their podcasts. Mm-hmm. But they're so fucking good. And y'all, this one is narrated by my man. Keith? Yes. Damn. And you know I love Keith. You know what I was thinking about? Because there's a new Forensic Files coming out. Like a new like Forensic Files 2 or something like that. Like a new show of it. Where they don't explain GPS to you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, I was wondering if they were going to do, like, the same narrator and all. And then I was like, they should bring Unsolved Mysteries back. Like, like good. You know, and then I was like, who would they get to narrate it, though? Like, because you can't beat Robert Stack. Right. And then I was like, they should get Keith. (laughs) Put it out in the universe. Yes. Well, are you going to tell us anything about Pam? No, I can't. Okay. I've been wanting to listen to it, so good. Just know it involves a murder. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, well, I listened to one as well, and it's one that everyone knows shit about, but I didn't know all the details, so I was like, yeah, let me listen to it. And it's the mysterious Mr. Epstein. No. Yeah, all about... That he didn't kill himself? Just kidding? Don't come after us? (laughs) Well, that's at the end, (laughs) but obviously. But it's all leading up to it, and like... All his shady dealings and all yeah, that. Yeah, and the people, like, big wigs that he came into contact with and just, whoa. And the shit that he got away with, mm. you know? And it's like, oh, my God. And it's so weird to see, like, how when people fall, but they have money and shit, like, how easy it is to come back, mm-hmm. you know? And whatever. But then also... I listened to it because I fucking love those memes that he didn't kill himself. Yes. Where it'll be like spelled out yes. in like Coke bottles or something. You yes. Know? I saw on my timeline the best one yet. And it is a live interview. And it's like a guy that we'd be like, hi. Because mm-hmm. he's like in the, he's a police guy, I think. Or military. One of the two. I can't remember. Some uniform that I would Bruce Almighty my clothes off for. Exactly. Well, and then to make it even better, he had a German Shepherd beside him, and he was talking about the dogs and whatever. It's just a little clip, and it's like, do you have anything, like, last parting words, and he goes on about the dogs for a minute, and he said, and Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Dead. Dead. Like, and it's live, you know? Yeah, what you gonna do? And the guy was just like, okay. um." (laughs) (laughs) Whether you think he died by suicide or not, those fucking memes are... Hilarious. Yeah. And it was only, I think, six episodes, maybe eight. So those are both easy listens. Mm -hmm. And yours sounds amazing. Like... I told you so much about it. You're just on pins and needles. Dateline murder. There. Mm -hmm. And I have two things to talk about from Instagram. Okay. Let's chat. Let's heal. She messaged us and she had listened to Halo Miss 
And she said that she had a theory about the hotel murder that I covered. Yes, hit me with it. And she said, what if it was a dominatrix situation gone bad? That would explain why he wanted to be so discreet and wouldn't admit that anyone was with him. And then also it might explain why he was tied up. Mm. And so she was like, I had to send my theory in. And I was like, yes, this is what we love. Because I didn't even think about that. Mm -mm. Maybe, especially for the time, too, because, I mean, they didn't have, like, sex clubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they did, and we just don't know about them. True. The next thing from Instagram is from Hey Rach, and she had a question, and she thought we might get help, but then I was like, we might uh, need other people, like y'all, to help, because it's a good question, and I think it would be a good discussion and whatnot. But she said that her mom thinks she's a portal, and she's very sensitive to paranormal stuff. But the question was, do you think that when we hear something that goes bump in the night, that we convince ourselves that we see something to rationalize the sound we heard, to deflect from the fact that it could be something real that's scary and you don't want to think about it like someone's outside your house, so you write it off as a ghost? Mm. And she said she knows she has real paranormal experiences, but she does wonder if it could actually be something real sometimes, too. And so, you know what I mean? Like, when you're like, oh, something weird happened. Well, all the people who were like, there's a weird noise. And it's like, oh, we're haunted. But it's someone living in their attic. (laughs) So true. So true. So, you know what I mean? Like, you don't think of it being, or you don't want to think of it because they can hurt you. Yeah, it's like actual physical hurt versus like, dang, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure to some extent. Yes. Yeah. But the odds of it actually, like, you hearing something and it really being somebody in your attic and, like, you know, or Mm -hmm. it really being somebody outside your door or your window or whatever, it's probably not as often as that, you know? Yeah. Well, where I live, it's usually possums Mm -hmm. or raccoons. Mm -hmm. I fucking love a raccoon video, but I hate them at three in the morning. Because as we know, Carrie is almost certain that that is the witching hour. <laughs> Allegedly, she's heard it. She's pretty sure. <laughs> Somewhere. Somebody told me. <sighs> One last thing of business. Patreoners. First up, Rachel G. And where in the world is Carmen San Diego? We don't know because I'm really bad at geography. That and she didn't give us her address, but we're shouting you out. Also, Melody L. from Colorado. Sarah V. from Puerto Rico. Christina from Vermont. And Alice H. from Washington. Thank y'all so much for joining the Patreon. And if you want an episode shout out, you know the drill. Head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right. So I have two stories tonight. One, I'm just doing a quick one because I found it and it's not long enough for an actual story. Yeah. But it was too good not to share. Yes. So I got all of this information from AppalachianHistory.net, and y'all, just hold on. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It might be some of y'all's biggest fears. What the fuck? Is, is a roach involved? Why do you have to say the name, though? <laughs> well, you said some of y'all's biggest fears. I thought maybe you were talking about yourself. Oh, wait, David, go ahead and think of this. Well, you're like, why would I do a story on a roach? Literally, why do you have to keep saying it? Well, because you did a story on Bloody Mary. You're scared of Bloody Mary. Don't say her name three times. Who, Bloody Mary? Oh, okay. Well, you gotta live in this haunted house. (laughs) Well, it's already haunted. 
Remember the whole somebody saw something standing behind you during a live? She said it might be connected to me. Well, it's still in the house with you right now. You said that and both looked up. <laughs> All right. There once was a man named James Hatcher, and he was hoity-toity, really wealthy, all of the things. One might even say she-she? Yes. Okay. He lived in a small town called Pikeville, Kentucky. He had been, you know, over several successful businesses, kind of a jack-of-all-trades and master of every one of them. Oh, shit. Mm Mm-hmm. But later on, he was like, I want to build a hotel. Like all my stories. (laughs) A hotel. A hotel, a hospital. And a house. Mm Mm-hmm. But the house is as big as a hotel. All H's. Mm. What in the H.H. Holmes is going on here? (laughs) That motherfucker's in. Fucking H.H. Letdown. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dumbest joke. I should have said like an LL letdown or something. Even worse. Okay, never mind. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) What? Why? Okay, why some days am I so on point? And some days it's like, do you have a brain? And so the hotel. The hotel motel holiday inn. Yeah, not that. They didn't leave the light on. Well, that's motel six. (laughs) So. (laughs) So he's like, all right. Hotel time, and it's going to be the Hotel James Hatcher. Very clever. Yes. And it not only was, like, his name, it had his favorite quotes and sayings, like, printed all over the lobby wall. Like, I mean, it was a living fucking monument to him. What? He fucking think he's Walt Disney? What the hell? (laughs) So he also had, like, a museum In this hotel, like, you know, just a small one, displaying all of his shit. Of course. But also, in the lobby, he had his own casket on display. Mm Mm-hmm. He had, like, had it specially done. What does that mean? Personalized. (laughs) Like, this is the casket he's going to be buried in? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he just had it on display? Yes. He had it, like personalized for him, like everything, because he was scared that he would be buried alive. Oh, shit. So his casket, he had it made where it latched on the inside and had to be sealed with a special tool, like, so he would not be buried alive. Like, that was his fear. Okay, here's the thing, though. If someone wanted to bury him alive just to do it, to, you know... It's not like they're going to be like, oh, hold on, let me go get your casket that you want to be buried in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're just going to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think when he had this phobia, it's... It wasn't like a fear of, like, someone doing it to him. Right. Like, he's fucking Marlene from Days of Our Lives. Right. It's Marlena, but yes. Her too. But more like a, they thought he was dead and he wasn't? Yes. Okay. Well, in 1889... He met the love of his life, Octavia Smith. They had one son together, Jacob, but he died shortly after he was born. Oh, God. When Jacob died, though, Octavia went into a deep depression, and she just basically slept in bed. She wouldn't get up. She wouldn't do anything. And she started to become sick over the next few months. And then later, she slipped into a coma. Oh, gosh. 
and she couldn't be awakened at all. That's kind of what a coma is, but mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I have to double explain it. I have a word count. <laughs> well, she was pronounced dead <gasps> May 2nd, 1891. And Jacob had died in January of 1891. Wow. That woman died of a broken heart. Yeah. So that spring was super fucking hot. And embalming wasn't a common practice yet. So they put her fucking in the ground. It was like, kumbaya, saranara, later. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can't be stinking up the house. Well, like a week later... Other people around the town started having the same symptoms that Octavia had. And it was because of a bite from a fly known as the tzatziki fly. Mm. And that causes the sleeping sickness. If I was going to get any illness, a fucking sleeping sickness is what I want. (laughs) Tiffany, you heard the bitch. Well, these other people, they started waking up. So James and his family are like, hmm, what if Octavia had the same bite and, ooh, okay, you know? What if the son did too? Fuck. He might not have had the same symptoms though. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so what had happened was that her breathing was so shallow when she was in a coma that the doctors were like, She did, you know, but she hadn't died. Oh, God. And she was buried alive. James is like, we have to exhume the body. The coffin that she had been buried in had not been airtight. And she woke up from her sleep, found herself trapped in this fucking box underneath the ground. And in a panic, she was tearing the (gasps) lining. Oh, my God. Her nails were bloody. Oh, God. And her face, when she died, was contorted, you know? And so you could see the terror, the panic, all of that in her face. Oh, my God. So on the top of the coffin, all you see, like, from, you know, when you lift it up, are scratch marks. Oh, my God. Yeah. The thing about his coffin, though, is that, okay, so he had all these, like, safety measures, for lack of a better word, that, you know, like, locked from the inside, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, you still have six feet of dirt on top of you. Yeah. I want to know how long she would have lasted had it been airtight, you know, Mm -hmm. because when she started to panic and there's not a lot of oxygen left because Mm -hmm. it's not airtight. You know, gosh. If it if it would have been airtight, I wonder if she would have ever even woken up. Mm. You know, if she was in that deep of a coma, she'd have just probably died in her sleep, basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, her body was reburied, but James could never recover from that. Mm-mm. So, in his sorrow and trying to remember her in a way that he wanted to, he had a life-size, lifelike monument of Octavia built on her grave. Like, you know, right in front of it. In one arm, the statue held a baby. That was Jacob. And then he built that hotel at an angle so he could look up to the cemetery 
and symbolically, she could look down on him. That's some serious grief. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, this is why we can't have nice things, because vandals broke in and reportedly broke the arm holding the baby. And so now that infant lies at Jacob's grave near the foot of his mom. And so in the 1990s, the family put a fence around trying to keep these people from, you know, fucking up with their shit. Mm -hmm. And the statue was placed on a marble base, so it was less accessible. However, people still go around there and they say that you can hear sounds of a kitten crying. And when, like, you approach it to see, like, okay, is something there? It stops. And then other people say that they can hear a woman crying and it's coming from that same area there's a photographer and they took pictures and in the like in real life nothing was out of focus nothing was you know like it was perfect and then when they were developed it had a haze around the monument hmm developing error hmm hmm Well, another thing about Octavia is it said that on the anniversary of her death, the statue will turn away and face in the opposite direction. But I'm like, uh, skirt. Like, that seems mm, weird. However, it could be vandals that do it. Also, how do they know the anniversary of her death? Well, I'm sure it's from when they buried her. Well, then, it, it, okay, if the statue was really, like, fucking turning around, is not. But if it was, it wouldn't do it on the day she was buried. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's no, that's bullshit. Nobody knows the day she died. I wonder if James wishes he would have never exhumed the body. Mm. You know, because it's like, it's one thing to wonder the rest of your life, like, but you can kind of convince yourself that, well, no, she was really, you know, oh, I saw her. She was really, you know, she had really passed. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you, you can't forget that image. Right. Well, it might not have ever happened. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I'm, like, over here pondering deep into my soul. Mm-hmm. Would I want to know? Would I not want to know? When did she die? When did she get food last? When did she, you know, and it didn't fucking happen? The people did exist, and, like, the kid died, Octavia died, but, like, he had wrote letters and notes, because, again, we know he loved all of his shit being up on the walls, mm-hmm. but he never mentions, like, her tragic death, and so they're saying it might not have been buried alive at that time. You know what I mean? Because he had such a phobia of it, why would he not mention it Yeah, in his letters? And so, it's just kind of like, there's no record of her being buried alive, but there's also no record of how she died. I tell you how she died. She died of a fucking broken heart. Yeah. Because I firmly believe that you can will yourself to die. Yeah. She's in that deep of a depression, which totally makes sense. And I, I mean, I'm not saying anything about her being in the depression. There was no medicine back then, I'm sure. For her to take, much less if there was medicine, it was probably so misunderstood that it put her in a fucking coma. Yeah. I don't know. Poor thing. God. That's just a sad story. I know. I know. Well, on to the next one. 
Picture it. Pulaski County, Kentucky, 1938. We still in Kentucky? Mm-hmm. One night after a hard day's work, a carpenter by the name of Carl Pruitt returned home. Well, when he got home, he found his wife in bed with another man. (gasps) Yep. And blinded by rage, Carl allegedly strangled his wife to death with a chain. While her lover was like, oop, out the window and survived. Well, when Carl saw what he did, he was like, oh, fuck, you know, regret, all of the things like, I loved you so much, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And unfortunately, he got his pistol and put it to his head (gasps) and he died by suicide. Oh, no. However, the family was not having it that he would be buried next to his wife. So, he was placed far away, and, you know, I mean, I get that. A few weeks after that, visitors to that cemetery were like, something is weird with his headstone. It looked like pieces of a chain, and over time, it became a long chain around his headstone. Not an actual chain, but, like, the discoloration Look like that. You know, like Jesus on a toast. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Well, then everyone had to go by and look at the chain because, again, he killed his wife with that chain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, ooh. That's so weird. Well, you know who was attracted to it. Young boys being like, Go touch the grape. Go do this. Go do that. Nemo touched the butt. Mm-hmm. Well, one guy and his group of friends, James Collins, go over there, you know, doing his thing. And he was going to, like, hoo, 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 puff his chest out. I'm mm-hmm. going to be the one to do it. Well, he threw a rock at <gasps> the grave. And it caused a piece of the headstone to break off. What a little shithead. Mm-hmm. Well, they leave later on on their bikes, as kids do. On the way home, he had a freak accident, resulting in his bicycle chain wrapping around his neck and strangling him to death. What? Yeah. How in the actual fuck did that happen? So this accident just lended more to the lure of Carl's grave. And so they're like, Carl, his spirit is... Getting revenge on these people that are fucking with his grave, and he's an angry spirit, and, you know, like... Yeah, well, he's real fucking angry. Um, You're fucking with his shit. Mm Mm-hmm. See, it isn't his fault. It's just like when these kids go to, like, this older person's house, and they're fucking with their shit, and then get mad when the person gets mad. Yeah. Well, James's mom had her heart set on revenge, so she got an axe... (gasps) And went to the graveyard. So she smashed Carl's grave, like, into pieces and was just, like, hacking at it. She hacked a cement headstone with an axe. Girl. Okay. Girl. I fucking like a cartoon. That's what it would do when you hit it. Exactly. Okay. They might have been talking about, like, his grave, not his headstone, though. Mm, True. You know? Well... 
cut to the next day, she's hanging laundry on the clothesline, and she slipped and fell. And when she did that, she got herself tangled up in the wires. And as she struggled to break free from it, to get up, to do whatever, the clothesline tightened around her neck and eventually strangled her to death as well. I'm slow blinking over here because uh, Mm -hmm. all she had to fucking do was stand up. Carrie, you cannot talk about anything. You fall over a pebble and you get salmonella in your ankle. (laughs) Yes. That's not how that worked. No. But those two things have happened. They just didn't happen because of one another. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Literally, stand up, though. Like, it's not like she was like, whoa, 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 and just, like, kept rolling in it. Like, literally, just stand up. What if she couldn't? What if she tried, but the sheets were underneath (laughs) there, and it was like Scooby-Doo, and she just kept going? You don't fucking know? You can't use a cartoon to describe how this lady died. You literally just used a cartoon to describe how she hit a a headstone. Because it's dumb. It doesn't, because it doesn't. Just because it doesn't make sense to you. It's illogical. There, there is no way that she tripped. Okay, first of all, is she six seven? She would have to be to trip and fall and get her neck caught in a clothesline. Do you know how fucking tall clotheslines are? You have to reach up. Well, this one might not have been. We oh. had a lower clothesline. Low enough for you to trip and get your fucking neck caught? I don't know. That's a no. <laughs> well, I was young. So... You know what? Now I am determined. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that this is real, but I'm determined. I'm going to point out several different people that have died from clothesline injuries and they tripped and they couldn't get up. Okay. Well, um, look that up. I'll wait. It could happen. If she was six, seven. If she was on a crate. That was four feet high. All right. Now we're on to victim number three. Oh, shit. Well, actually, you know what I mean? Of post- Mortem. All right. There is a farmer, and he's riding through the graveyard with his family on a horse-drawn carriage. As one does. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I am going to challenge Carl, old Carly Carl. And he said, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he should have been. Mm-hmm. So the farmer took a revolver and shot several bullets. <gasps> pow, pow, pow. Pew, pew, pew. And it got a few of the little clippings on the ends, you know, like he wasn't a good aim, apparently. Like on the headstone, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So apparently she didn't do a very good job with that fucking axe on the headstone. Right. Well, they said, like, even as much as, like, damage as it would get, at a certain point, it wouldn't look like it had any damage. Well, damn. Well, while he's shooting and making all this fucking racket, the horses are like, skirt. And they're freaking out, so they run out of control, and then that causes the carriage to crash. Well, none of his family was hurt, but he got tangled in the horse's reins Mm -mm. and mm -hmm, strangled to death. Yes. Now, that's fucking plausible. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, they said, it's old Carl. Don't fucking challenge Carl. Mm-mm. No. He gonna win. <laughs> right? Well, they said, once again, the headstone looked like new, but we know that he chipped some pieces. 
do we know? Carl probably never fucking existed, too. <laughs> so, so people were like, freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, you know, people be like, well, I go challenge him and be like, Billy, don't. Don't do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There was a local congressman, and he's like, all right, we need security. So the pol- there's two policemen. They ride out there, and they are, you know, taking photographs, doing, like, investigation kind of stuff because people are freaked the fuck out, and they just need to, like, calm their tits. Mm-hmm. So while they're out there... They start to, you know, joke around, whatever, and be like about his, you know, curse, allegedly, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. all the, allegedly, what do you call those finger quotes? Air quotes. You could call them finger quotes. Well, nothing happens to them, you know, and they're like, let's go. This place is dead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> The officer who was driving was the one who was, like, making all the wisecracks, Mm -hmm. just like I just did. Mm -hmm. So, they're driving out being like, what a waste. You know, probably like, we got paid for nothing. Mm -hmm. Got that over time. Mm -hmm. Well, just then, he looks in his rearview mirror and he sees a light. But he is like, "Mm, all right, it's probably just like a reflection of something. But it's coming over from the grave's location. Well, he just kept going because he's like, eh, whatever, you know. Mm, but the light kept getting closer. Mm. And then he's like, this might be cursed, you know. And he starts speeding up. Well, then, no matter how fast he went, the light was right there. His partner was like you, putting the invisible brakes on. Look, I'm not a great driver. <laughs> Never claimed to be one. Look, legit the other day, I was like, you really are a bad driver. Really am. All right. Oh, God. She's got a smirk on her face. <laughs> that means that this is about to get even dumber. <laughs> All right. So, his partner's like, slow down. You need to slow down. Slow your roll. Well, the other one's like, no, bitch. Like, this light's not going to get me. And I got this. I can control it. Well, he didn't have it, and he lost control of the car, crashed it between two posts that were linked together with a chain. So, you know, like the kind that are on the corners, like... Yeah. So, that is legit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the car flipped multiple times, and the partner was thrown from the car, and he really wasn't harmed that much. Well, he got up, he was like, whew, okay, And he found that the guy who was driving was decapitated. (gasps) And, you know, that chain that had been hanging there, Mm -hmm. that's how he was decapitated. Carl wins again. How? 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 Was he thrown from the car? And then that happened because those chains, if it's what I'm picturing, are about mm, headlight level. So... This one I'm not good at because I'm not good with cars and I don't know shit. <laughs> well, I don't feel like you have to be good with cars to know headlight level. <laughs> I wish you could have seen her face. <laughs> Legitimately, that makes no fucking sense. Like, it would be something if it was like, fucking, you remember on, 
enough when she drives under that thing and then the guy's chasing her and then he hits yeah. her. Thing. Okay, that legit. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Carl, you fucking won. Mm-hmm. But um, a knee high chain ain't gonna come up and decapitate him. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the details, so I'm just gonna use my finger quotes here and be like, could have happened. Allegedly. Allegedly. Supposedly. Maybe. It didn't. <laughs> Fake. Well, after the cop's death, no one went into the graveyard to see Carl. Anything to do with Carl. Poor Carl. However, there was one man. His name, Arthur Lewis. And he was like, nothing is going to fucking happen to me. This is all fake. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like a really fucking smart man to me. Mm-hmm. So, one night, he has a hammer and a chisel, as one does. He goes hammering away. A neighbor close to the cemetery said that they could hear hammering and all of this, like, racket. And then it stopped all of a sudden. Complete silence. But then that was replaced by blood-curdling screams. He probably hammered his fucking finger. Oh, it's about to get real dumb. Well, some of the local residents, you know, their neighbors were Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? They went out and they saw him dead with the chain that was used to close the cemetery gate around his neck. Now you smiling at that. That's the most fucking plausible one. Somebody probably did that to him. True. Somebody trying to keep the folklore thing going was like, this mother humpa, I'm about to keep this shit. They were probably like, look at fucking Arthur over there. He ch- he's chiseling that headstone. You don't think anything's going to happen to him. Let's, uh, let's go get him. Damn, true. The most plausible one, you're like, that couldn't happen. But they said, more so than like, I mean, the man's dead. The headstone was still in good condition, but they heard him hammering and shit. Well, it wasn't soon after this. The property was actually purchased by a local mining company. Supposedly, all the people relocated their family members, like, to a different place. But there was one grave left, and that was old Carl Pruitt. And no one went by the grave. Like, no one wanted to touch the fucking grave. Yeah. And finally, in 1958, it was destroyed once and for all. Because the mining operation, you know, it, like, decimated the land around it and, Mm -hmm. like, bye-bye, like, to the headstone. And that ended the curse of Carl Pruitt. Or Mm, did it? No mining accidents or anything like that to report? Mm -mm. However. Oh, shit. A website called cvltnation.com. They went through and kind of tried to verify some of this because it's so many details and so many names and like mm-hmm. seems legit. I mean, other than to carry or anyone motherfucker. <laughs> Logically. <laughs> they looked all around for the origins and you know, all of this and they really couldn't find anything, but they said, if you looked online, his story, like the gist of it was on several different websites. And, like, they even had a picture that they say is Carl Pruitt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, shit, this is legit. But they said the earliest thing that they could find 
written about this was in 2000, and it was uh, Troy Taylor's book called Beyond the Grave. They tried to contact the guy, but he never responded or anything, so they don't know, like, where he got all of his information, mm-hmm. you know, but it's kind of like that how shit gets started, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You say it, like, so true, but it's also false. Like, it's a good story. Besides oh, Carrie. Besides Carrie. It is a good story. But it's like a good story, like, sitting around a campfire. Mm-hmm. Not like a, this shit actually happened. Because it didn't. I mean, we may never know. Allegedly, it didn't happen. Because we can go Aridale, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And let you walk up on that land. Oh, I'd walk on it. But, oh, well, we all know that you'd fall down at Well, some I was going to say, and then I'd fucking fall in a mine shaft. But <laughs> here's the thing. If the last guy, old Arthur, mm-hmm. if he would have really been trying to, like, prove it, and he would have just gone up. Like, because, I don't know, just be respectful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, it kind of sucks that all those people were buried where they wanted to be buried, how they wanted to be buried, and then somebody comes in and just buys land and they all get moved. Yeah. Like, what's the point? What's the point of spending all that fucking money? Mm-hmm. And then who knows how many graves and stuff like that that are gone. I mean, think okay, think about like going to play somewhere like in New England where it's really old. Mm-hmm. And some of those graves are from the 1800s. And that's like, oh, my God, these graves are so old. 1800s, yeah. 1600s even. But it's like, where are all the other graves of the people before that? Yeah. Like, the Native Americans. and I mean, like, so, like, that happens all the time mm-hmm. without even families knowing that they got moved and stuff. You know? So, it's just yeah. like, what's the point? I was about to reference something, and it was a, from a fucking movie. And I was going to say it like it was real. Well, that that right there. Is how this shit gets started. Yes, yes. Fuck. You know, like whenever I take what happened in Ghosts in the Burbs Mm -hmm. and I say it like it's real. Mm -hmm. In the Facebook group, Sean had recommended this case to me. She was like, hey, girl, you did this yet? And I was like, no, I had not. That's exactly how it went down. Um, mm -hmm. It's really not, but close to it. I'm sure there are gifts involved. Probably. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I want you to picture it. Okay. It's June 18th, 2002. Which I know is 17 years ago. Girl, that's some good math. Only because I remember 16 years ago, (laughs) I graduated high school. (laughs) Nan, you fucked me up on that one. (laughs) Okay. So, June 2002. It's a summer day, but it's an overcast day. It's not like a beautiful... Summer day, like you would expect in Kansas City. Okay. Alexandra Kemp, she went by Allie. She was working at the neighborhood swimming pool, which is the job I always wanted to have, by the way. Really? Yes. Down at the rec. Mm-hmm. There was this place, it was called like, I think it really was like the recreation center or something like that. And it had some tennis courts and a swimming pool. And like you like pay to be a member. It makes it sound like we were very she-she. We were not. We were poor, but it was, like, the thing that we, you know what I mean? Like, the thing that my parents spent money on. But eventually, we couldn't even do that. But anyway, so we would go there, and I always wanted to be a lifeguard there. Oh, God, that gives me such anxiety. Allie was back home working because it's the summer. She was a student at Kansas State University. She's majoring in mass communications. 
super smart girl, honor roll student. Everybody loved her. She was very involved. She loved to volunteer, like places like her church. You know, she just was like, girl, could you be any greater? You know what I mean? Like she just was All American. Yes. Yeah. Just beautiful and smart and funny and loving and, you know, just the whole package. Yeah. Well, during the summer, she and her brothers, because she had two younger brothers, all worked at this neighborhood swimming pool. Well, on this particular day, like I said, it was an overcast day, and the pool was not busy at all. Desolate. Literally. No one was there. And Allie was bored out of her freaking mind. Because she's, you know, just finished her freshman year of college, about to go into her sophomore year. She's like, I need something to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, that would be my perfect time to be a lifeguard. Right. Be like, can I get a raft over here? (laughs) Right. Well, what's one to do when they're bored? You call your bestie. Mm-hmm. So she calls her best friend somewhere around 3 o'clock. And she's like, can you please come hang out with me? I'm so freaking bored. And her friend's like, yeah, I'll come in a minute. And she's like, okay. Is that the transcript? Mm-hmm. Verbatim, allegedly. Well, while she's waiting on her friend to get there, she calls her boyfriend because she's like, <sighs> she's like Donna. She's got to talk to somebody. Look, don't hate the player, hate the game. She calls her boyfriend, and he doesn't answer. In my notes, I totally put in parentheses, jerk. <laughs> right? Well, I was about to say, no, mm-hmm, that's my luck, so there you go. Was he screening her calls? Mm-hmm. Well, around that time, so we're talking like 3.15-ish, Allie's friend Laurel was just down the road at the doctor's office, and she was like, dang, I'm going to go by and see what Allie's doing. So this is not the best friend that she called. Correct. Well, when Laurel gets there, she sees Allie's stuff, but she can't find Allie. Oh, fuck. So she's looking around, and she sees this guy leaving, and he looks at her. You know, they look at each other. He smiles. He waves, and she waves back, you know, and then she's like, okay, where the fuck is Allie? And she's, you know, she's like, well, I bet she went across the street to the little gas station, you know, get her snack or something, because nobody was at the pool on this super overcast day. Just a question, but is it super overcast today? Yeah, nobody was at the pool because it was very overcast. Okay. So Laurel decides just to go home. Well, just as a third-party observer with no particular interest in the matter. She's the man. Thank you. Y'all, seriously, y'all need to watch that movie. But we do not need a Laurel in our lives because if that was me, it would be me at the doctor. Because, you know, I go, like, every fucking week for something. And it wouldn't be me across the street getting snacks. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and it would be you at the job, too, during the summer. True. But if I saw your shit and I couldn't find you, one, I would go over to the gas station Mm -hmm. and be like, girl, get me a Fifth Avenue Butterfinger something. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, Donna, I'm getting some little Debbies. You want one? Exactly. And I'd be like, I want a blue raspberry Slurpee, too. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, this this gas station's got their fountain drinks for 79 cents. You want one? <laughs> right? So. Crushed ice or cubed ice? <laughs> oh, that's a hard decision now. Mm-hmm. I used to love crushed. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of loving cubes. Same. Same. Get out of my fucking pond. You know what I hate more than anything is when, y'all, this is so first world problems. But when somebody comes over to my house and uses crushed ice in for my ice maker. <laughs> yeah, girl, yes. Uh, we looking at you, Tiffany, because you did it. And I, like, got, did my ice, because, you know, again, we never do crushed. And I was like, the fuck this is? 
give me my cube. And like, <laughs> Carrie's is like newfangled. So I'm like, beep, boop, 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 mop, mop, mop. I'm like, what the fuck? Came with the house I didn't buy. <laughs> First world problems, man. Right. I cannot believe that you put my ice maker on crushed ice. <laughs> Plus, if I was at work, and I had just ran across the street to go get a snack or something. I wouldn't just leave all my shit. Yeah. Because it would be like outside with a gate, probably. You know what I yeah. mean? But, I mean, not blaming Laurel. Well, and we also don't know how close they were. Yeah. I mean, it would be very different if it was just like an acquaintance that I was like right there by. And I was like, oh, well, let me just swing by. Oh, she's. Oh, well, she's not here. You know? Yeah. But still, I, I'm just nosy. I am a nosy motherfucker. Well, remember how I said that she and her younger brothers worked at the pool together? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's about five o'clock and her younger brother, Tyler Kemp, gets there because it's his turn to, you know, take over the shift. Well, when he gets there, he's like, where the hell is Allie? He sees her stuff, but he can't find her. And so he's looking around and he's freaking out because he can't find her. Yeah. And so he calls their dad, Roger. Well, their family home was just a couple of blocks away. It wasn't very far from the neighborhood pool. When Roger gets there, he's looking around too. He and Tyler together are like, where the fuck is Allie? Roger says that he checked in the pool, like looked in the shallow end, looked in the deep end. He's looking everywhere. And he goes to check the pump room. And Tyler's like, well, I looked in there. He's like, well, I'm just going to check again. Well, clearly Tyler did like a teenager look for something. Mm. Because when Roger got in there, he noticed a tarp with a leg sticking out. Oh, no. So he quickly pulls back the tarp to see Allie's body laying there, partially clothed, and she is covered in bruises. Fuck. So he feels her body to see if she's still warm. And she's still a little warm on her back. And so he starts, like, trying to wake her up, like, stay with this Allie. You know, tells Tyler to call 911. It takes the paramedics no time at all to get there. They're trying to save her, doing everything they can. They quickly transported her to the hospital. But basically, on arrival, she was pronounced dead. Mm. It doesn't take the police long to get there. And when they're there, they're looking out, look, you know, checking out the scene. And there's blood everywhere. And it's not just Allie's blood. It's the blood of her killer, too. Oh, my gosh. Also, Laurel, if that was me, I would have been like, Carrie hooking up. Up in that pump room. And you know I would have been going to check. Yeah, you would have. Because I would have busted in on y'all's ass. I would have too. Uh, you know, and been like. Actually, I'd have been like, Donna, are you fucking in there? <laughs> Donna. Not me. Donna would have been like, busting that door open like she's fucking Woody walking out that box on Toy Story. Uh-huh. Sure would have. <laughs> been like, uh, and continue. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but. Keep going. I don't have pay-per-view at home, so go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to get the spyware on my phone, so go ahead. <laughs> you porn did me dirty last time. <laughs> Just go ahead. Near where the body was found, the first aid kit had been, like, knocked over, was opened, and just, like, kind of strewn about. There were some, like, antibacterial sap, like, like, a, like a Neosporin-type thing that had been opened and, like, had blood on it. Oh, so they did it for themselves. I was like... Why would they have the first aid kit for it? But never mind. It was clear that Allie had put up a fucking fight. Good for her. So the police collected the blood from the little 
antibacterial salve packets because they were like, you know, at that point, obviously, they didn't know whose it was. But they was like, okay, some of this blood could be foreign. We're going to check all the blood. There was also blood on Allie's clothes. So, as I said, they collect all the things that blood could possibly be on. Yeah. So, I'm going to jump forward just a little bit to, like, what the autopsy showed. And it showed that, just to tell you how much of a fight she put up. On her left hand, her index and her middle fingers were both broken. She had two black eyes, bruises and cuts everywhere, two lacerations on the back of her head, and manual and ligature strangulation marks on her neck. Wow. This is the part that I'm not 100% sure about. There were inconsistencies like in the articles that I found on whether or not she was raped. Mm. Something said that... There was pre-mortem, like, evidence mm. of, like, pre-mortem rape. Something said there was evidence of pre- and post-mortem rape. Mm. So, I'm just not sure. And there's another piece I'm going to tell you in a minute, too, about the rape that I just... So, I don't actually know what happened as far as the rape. As the police do, they're investigating the scene, but they're also interviewing the people who are around. Obviously, there weren't that many people around because the pool was desolate on a... What kind of day? Overcast. The police are interviewing, you know, Roger, her dad, her brother, the neighbors around the pool to see if they heard anything, saw anything. And while they're there investigating, a pool maintenance guy pulls up. And so the police are like, hey, you know, what's your name? What you doing here? What's going on? And this is hours after she's passed. You know, they're doing their canvassing. They're, you know, whatever. Yeah. So this pool maintenance guy's like, what the fuck is going on, you know? And they're like, okay, who are you? He's like, my name's Teddy Hoover. And they're like, well, what you doing here? And he was like, well, again, I own this pool maintenance company. I was going to try to scope this pool out to see if I could get this contract. I'm sorry. His last name's Hoover. And he basically vacuums pools. Mm -hmm. Born for the job. So they get, you know, get his information too. And while all this is going on, Laurel hears about Allie, that she had been taken to the hospital. So Laurel rushes up to the hospital to see her. And when she gets there, of course, she is heartbroken and distraught. I bet. Because, I mean, you know why. You don't need me to explain it to you. Yeah. Oh, God, that guilt. And she tells the police that she saw a man leaving and that when he was leaving, they, you know, they made eye contact. He smiled and waved. She waved back. And so the police immediately, like, whisk her to the police station so that she can meet with a sketch artist and sketch this guy out. Yeah. Did well, they not have cameras? I guess not. It's 2002, people. It was only 17 years ago. But think about it. I still had the old school Nokia with Snake on it. Did you change the cover for colors and stuff? Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, like, super... Yeah, but this is a place of business and people could die no it's too i don't think so you should at least had one at first laurel was having such a hard time that she didn't even know if she was going to be able to help with the sketch oh gosh so they brought in this special forensic sketch artist that is really good at helping like calm the witness and like talk them through it because she just was so upset i can't even imagine literally my next sentence that i wrote is can you imagine no Mm. 
The police know that they have the killer's DNA. They run it through CODIS, hoping and praying that they get a hit, but they don't. Of course. And so they're like, okay, where do we go from here? Let's just go talk to all the people from the canvas, get their DNA so we can start ruling people out. Yeah. So they get the dad, the brother, you know, the boyfriend, all the people, ruling them out. And they go to see Teddy Hoover. And when they get there, they're like, you know, again, he goes through his spiel of, yeah, I was there, got the pool maintenance company, wanted to scope the place out. I really wanted to get the contract for that company. Gives the police his alibi for the time of the attack. And the police are like, okay, well, can we get a DNA sample? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Let me just check with my attorney first. Which I understand. Yeah, I totally understand that. And so, you know, the police hands are tied. They can't force him to give a DNA sample. They don't have a warrant. It's his right to talk to his attorney. Yeah. And so they leave and he's like, I'll, you know, I'll catch back up with you basically tomorrow or whatever after I talk to my attorney to give him the sample, you know? Mm-hmm. So they leave and the time comes and they didn't hear back from him. Mm. And so they're like, mm-hmm. So they go back to his house to talk to him again. Cleared out. He gone. And so they're like, aha, we know his attorney's name. So they go see his attorney. And his attorney is like, yeah, uh, Teddy's not here anymore. Like, he let, he moved. He's gone. And attorney-client privilege and all, he's not telling them where Teddy went. Yeah. So the police start looking up, okay, who's Teddy Hoover? And he's a fucking ghost. Because he's a fake name, because Hoover, and he's a vacuum. Who called it? I mean, uh, not not me, you. Because <laughs> I was like, born into it. <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe you fucking made it up. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a ghost. It's fake. It's all fake. But I will say, he has my brain, because it'd be like, ooh, Hoover. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. <laughs> a paranormal chick. <laughs> Well, the police refused to let this case go cold because Hoover was the only fucking lead they had. So they are like, we have nothing. Yeah. But they're like, we're going to just keep going on. We've got to put Teddy on the back burner. You know, he was our only lead. We got nothing. We can't find him. We don't know who he is. We don't know where he went. We got to move on. So as they're sitting there, you know, empty handed going, what the fuck is our next step? Allie's dad, you know. I just want to say, too, I watched this true crime thing on YouTube about Allie, and the bulk of the show just was talking about the bond that she had with her dad. And, mm. you know, she was daddy's little girl. She was his princess. You know, she was the girl with two brothers. And, mm-hmm. you know, just how great of a bond they had, you know. And so just like you would expect a a father to be he is like we are not letting this case go cold you know and they were a little more affluent and so he had a little more discretionary funding you Mm -hmm. know so he was like i'm gonna help any way i can well he has the idea look i'm gonna rent two billboards and we're gonna put this sketch up to be honest some of the stuff i was watching and listening to they were like that was so clever you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm, I feel like I've seen that before. But one podcast I was listening to about it pointed out, though, you usually see, like, missing and stuff like, or or do you have any information on this person's disappearance or murder or whatever? Yeah. 
and it's the victim, but this had the sketch. Yeah. And that that is kind of what set it apart and made it different from what you are used to seeing. Mm. I was like, okay, I can see that. I can get on board with this being special, you mm-hmm. know? You know how on billboards, well, in the States at least, there's like a little green oval that says Lamar at the bottom uh-huh. of it because that's like the number one billboard company like yeah. around? Well, that company, Lamar, donated two billboards for him to use to put those sketches up. Just one of those billboards got 50,000 views a day. Holy Hannah. Yeah. Almost said, you know, from cars coming and going. Oh, God. (laughs) Also, where is this billboard located? Because we need marketing funds to put towards it. Yeah. Well, it worked. And sidebar, there is parts of the story that I'm cutting about, like, people who looked like the sketch that they interviewed and all that. I'm cutting some of those people out. Yeah. Well, it fucking worked. The police were getting so many tips from the billboards. Being like, the grocery store guy looks like... No, okay. Yeah. Just kidding. Sort of. Well, they had two anonymous callers that were both quite credible. One was like, look... Teddy Hoover did it, but that ain't in his name. Mm-hmm. His name is Benjamin Appleby, and uh, I know where he is. Yeah, the neighborhood bar and grill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not spell the same. It's Appleby. Yeah. Sidebar, I will never forget this one night that we were at the casino. Oh, God. Shit-faced. When I tell you shit-faced, shit-faced. Because we had a hotel room there that night. Is it me that you're... Yes. Oh, fuck. I don't know why or how or who we were trying to fool, but we were at a blackjack table. And there was one guy sitting at the table with... Oh, fuck. (laughs) Do you know this story? Now I do. Okay. There was one guy sitting at the blackjack table with us. And y'all know how Donna is sober. Well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Some of y'all know how I'm drunk if y'all were on that live. Whew. Well, that was tame. Mm-hmm. Like, multiply Donna on the regular by like mm, 745. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, uh, the guy, I'll never forget this. The guy at the table, his name was Benjamin. And I had never in my life. Notice that Benjamin is spelled Benjamin. And Donna called that poor guy Benjamin for a solid two hours. He may have been having fun, though, because he, did, he didn't ever get up from the table. Uh, right. So he may have actually been having fun. But that's all I remember. Pretending that we knew how to play blackjack. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we know how, but, like, playing yeah. at the casino is, like, totally different. You know, that's yeah. a lot of pressure. Like but, splitting, da, da, ba, da, ba, da, yeah. And it's like you can't be standing there; you have to be sitting, and then you can't be sitting if you're da, 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 yeah. so many fucking rules, and you're drunk, and you got to hear rules, and you're getting in trouble, and there's people around, and then Benjamin is talking to you, and Donna's calling him Benjamin, and then <laughs> lots of things happening. But that is all I think about every time I hear the name Benjamin. <laughs> That's why I love those memes: the cat with the Real Housewives, mm-hmm. Taylor, and I forget her. I don't know what her last name is now, but and Kyle Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, a, like, where they took that, it's from, like, a bad scene where she- Oh, yeah. And it's from, like, seasons ago. Yeah. She's not even on there anymore, is No. Right? Okay. Well, but those are, like, my favorite memes right now besides the Epstein ones because classic. But 
I love words like that. Yes. And love, like, I always, I'm like, what do you think that license plate is? Every fucking time. And so, yeah, Benjamin, of course I'm going to call him that. So in addition to telling who Benjamin Appleby really is, the caller actually tells the police too, look, he's living in Connecticut right now with an ex-girlfriend. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. So the police do some digging and they find out that Benjamin Appleby at the time of Allie's murder was 29 years old and that he is actually a pool boy. Mm, that's when the best like covers are when you're somewhat like, you know, there's got to be mm-hmm. a truth. He knows about the pool shit so he can get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The other caller is like, look, you know, Teddy Hoover is Benjamin and Benjamin looks just like that motherfucking sketch. So the police are doing some more digging and they realize that, yes, he's living in Connecticut and Connecticut has some outstanding arrest warrants for him. Oh, shit. So the Kansas City detectives call up the Connecticut detectives and they're like, hey, you got this guy over there and we're pretty sure he killed this girl. And we know you got some arrest warrants for him. So can you go pick him up for us? Right. And just hold him till we get there. So he had warrants for risk of injury, disorderly conduct, public indecency, etc., etc. He had been arrested plenty of times, spent some time in jail. He had stuff like like history of robbery. He had apparently one time he had like robbed this store and had a gun with him and held it up to somebody's head and pulled the trigger, but he knew it was empty. Of course, the person that who thought they were fucking dying didn't know it. Right. And then he would also masturbate in public. So he just had some s- stupid shit that he's been arrested. You know what I mean? I mean, it's all stupid, but he dumb. So the police pick him up, you know, arrest him for those outstanding warrants, the Connecticut people. And they start asking him questions. And he's like, I don't want an attorney. And they're like, okay, okay, that's fine. You know, da, 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 da. And he's like. When do you think I can get my attorney? And they're like, yeah, you can have an attorney. You know, we can't keep asking you stuff. You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, the Kansas City police get there and they're like, do you want to talk to us? And he's like, yeah. And so they're like, cool. Because apparently his mom was like, look, we don't have money for a good attorney. And you know what will happen. This, this is from his mom. I'm not saying this is not from me. And you know what will happen with the public defender. So you may as well just talk to him and try to get out of there. You know, or like, you know what I mean? Try to mm-hmm. whatever. I thought he had an attorney, though. I guess it's because that was in okay. Kansas City. And this is in Connecticut. Okay. And he may not be able to afford him for this, you know? True, true. Because you'd also have to pay for him to come out there and all, mm-hmm. you know? So when he tells the Kansas City police, when they say, do you want to talk to us? And he says, yeah. He's essentially waving his Miranda rights because they Mirandized him. Okay. When they start asking him questions... He breaks down and he starts telling everything. Appleby said he got there and I don't know how he got Allie into the pump room. I don't know if it was under the guise of like wanting to check it out because he wants to, again, really did want to try to get the contract. Mm -hmm. But he was very attracted to Allie. And when they got in the pump room, he, of course, made a fucking pass at her. And she was like, no. Mm -hmm. And... He lost his shit because he couldn't handle it. And so she tries to, like, shove him out of the way because he's standing in front of the door. Mm. And so she tries to, like, shove him out of the way to get past him. 
Well, he was he used to be a wrestler and like not like a wrestler, like like an actual wrestler. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was like this poor girl didn't stand a chance. Mm-mm. There's no way she was going to be able to take him, you right. know? Because of his fragile fucking ego, mm-hmm. a girl is dead. Mm-hmm. So he loses it, starts, like when she tries to get past him, he starts beating her. He beats her until she's unconscious. He says that he went to the first aid kit to get some lube so he could rape her. What's he using for lube from the first aid kit? I think literally anything he could find. Mm. Well, when he, I guess, got it out, he couldn't get an erection. And this is what he said in his confession. This is why earlier I was like, I don't really understand if she was raped or not. Okay. Because, again, some stuff said that she had been raped before and after she died. Mm -hmm. An interview with her dad talked about, he was even saying, like, as hard as this is to say, she was raped. But in his confession, he says he couldn't get it up. Now. With that said, I understand that when people are confessing, they still try to minimize their responsibility mm-hmm. in the death and all of that. But why would he tell that he couldn't get it up? Like, I feel like if he's one to have, like, to be masturbating out in public and lose his shit over her denying his advances, he is not the type of man that would say, I couldn't get it up. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, I don't. I don't actually know what the, what the right thing is. One thing I read, too, said that he was... Okay, normally when you strangle someone to death, it takes three to four minutes to strangle them to death. But it took him 10 to 16 minutes to strangle her. Because he would, like... I guess he was such a fucking idiot that she would, like, pass out. And he'd be like, oh, she did. Oh, wait, she's not dead. So it was just, like, this kind of, like... Back and forth. So she truly suffered. Fuck. And, you know, she fought for her fucking life. And then it took him 16 minutes to strangle her. Mm, I am so sorry, Allie. No one should have to go through that. I know. And her family, God. Mm-mm. It did go to trial. And you're like, uh, he confessed. But it went to trial. And basically, his attorney's job was damage control. Try to Mm -hmm. literally try to keep him alive. They had the videotaped confession, so they can't deny that he killed her. Right. But what they could do is blame all of his behaviors on his childhood abuse and neglect. And they said that he had this thing called intermittent explosive disorder and that that is the reason for all of his like maladaptive behaviors. But uh, that doesn't give you the right to kill somebody. No. Have it or not. yeah. Yeah. Then you should be in a treatment facility if mm-hmm. you can't control it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're a danger to society, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, and that's even worse because that's like neglect, like criminal neglect. If you know you have this disorder that causes this, but you are not taking anything for it. not yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, add that to his fucking charge. Mm-hmm. Well, the prosecutors were trying to get first degree murder. So they had to show premeditation. So they were like, okay, how can, you know, how can we show this? He says he doesn't remember what he used to strangle her. He used his hands and something else. I don't know if the police ever even figured that out. Was it something he took with him? I don't know. 
but basically what the prosecution was saying was the amount of times that he had to go back to strangle her more to kill her. That was his premeditation in that like, okay, he could have ended it there, but he chose to go back and do it. Mm. And so that's what makes it first degree murder. That's so fucking true. Well, there was some, some drama because, okay, he got life in prison, but he got a hard 50 in prison, which means that he got life, but he's eligible for parole after 50 years, but he has to serve that 50 years. Yeah. Well, there was also another sentence of like 240 years or months or something. I don't know. I can't remember. Tacked on to his conviction because of the rape. Mm. So that's why I say it was like the rape was important because it, it does come into the sentencing. So what his defense team was saying is it's like double jeopardy because they used the rape slash attempted rape to get more time, but they also used the same rape to prove the first degree murder and all of that. And so they're like, you can't use this was defense said you can't use that for one conviction and then use it to get more of a sentence on top of it. So they ended up dropping the additional time and he still has his 50 hard years in prison. But I feel like that's, really fucking common though yeah i don't i don't really understand why i mean i get what the defense is saying mm-hmm. but on the other hand that's fucking common that's like you having murder ra- you know i mean like that's mm-hmm. i don't know so if you're an attorney or you know more about law than we do tell us just a couple of things that have kind of happened of late Allie's dad roger started the Allie kemp educational foundation they call it take t-a-k-e the Allie kemp educational foundation anyway They call it Take Defense, and it teaches self-defense classes to girls 12 and up. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's free. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And the people, the, okay, so there was a $50,000 reward for a tip that led to the capture, you know. So the two anonymous callers got the rewards. The one who was just like, hey, this is who he is. He looks like the sketch. That person only got $10,000 of it. Mm-hmm. But the person who was like, no, this is his name. And he's in Connecticut living with this ex-girlfriend. Here's her name. <laughs> you know, like, basically, yeah. here's your case on a silver platter. They got $40,000 of it. But they donated that in for a scholarship in Allie's name. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, the most recent, recent, recent thing was just this year, Benjamin Appleby is trying to appeal and get his sentence changed again. Supposedly, the judge was going to rule on it October 24th, like two weeks ago, a week ago, whatever. I can't find it, so I don't know if it's out there yet or not. So if y'all, we'll keep you posted if we find anything, or if y'all find it, tell us. I couldn't find what they decided, but what I know as of right now, he still has his 50 hard years. Wow. I want to end this story with a quote from Roger Kemp, Allie's dad. He said, we have someone that goes against our society, that goes against our laws, and doesn't care about the law until he's caught. And then he wants every right under the book that he's so willing to take away from someone else. He silenced Allie's voice. 
She has no voice in this. She can't speak, so I'm speaking for her. Damn. That's like one of those moments in like a Lifetime movie and stuff when you're like, yes, or like sobbing, but like, yes. I know, I know. Thank you, Shine, for that recommendation because, whoa. I know, I would have never, ever in a million years found that story. Right. It was such a good story. Yes. I do like when such a bad tragedy happens that all the positivity that comes out of it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, at least, I don't know, like, sorry, then I was in my head, I just went to about the reincarnation Mm -hmm. stuff again, and it's like, really, if that was her time, and then now, because of who her parents are, and what they're doing, how many girls have they saved with that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. If that was that her purpose? Yeah. Well, because they even said, like, in the show I watched on YouTube, they were talking about how, like, her parents just knew that she was destined for great things and all this stuff. And it's like, they're like, her life that was cut short. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, but look what she did accomplish through mm-hmm. you because of this tragedy, you yeah. know? Because even if, one girl is saved because she learned self-defense, you know, she may be fulfilling a purpose that Allie had to die so she could fulfill it. Mm -hmm. Maybe their souls made that pact before they ever came. Yeah. So crazy. Tell us what you think. Definitely. On on all three. Oh, yeah. You had the two for one. Two for Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, all the things that helps us out so much on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the places. And remember, creep it real and and don't get scared. So with mine, both of them were about graves. And in Kentucky. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe not real. Huge emphasis on the maybe. Good stories, though. Real, Like, really good stories. <laughs> and I don't mean that, like, in a patronizing way. Like, I re- they were really good stories. I mean, not true, but really good stories. <laughs> Damn. Well, you know a story that did happen? Yours. Okay. 